Hey, everybody, it's a podcast. Hey, licorice pizza. You know what it is. Well, maybe you don't know what licorice pizza is. This is about movies. Yeah, you know the podcast at least. Uh, yeah. And hopefully you read what it is. Licorice pizza. It's the licorice pizza episode. <laughs> hopefully you read what licorice pizza is. <laughs> the licorice pizza episode <laughs> of this podcast. They, they, you, you pressed the button. You're we here. <clears throat> we're proud of you. You probably saw Licorice Pizza and you were looking for that sweet, sweet Licorice Pizza content. Yeah. And you ran out of the good stuff and then you saw and our now, logo. And now you're here. And you were like, hey. But while you're here, welcome. Welcome. Yes. Good to have you. Um, this podcast, we spoil everything we talk about. Every, we, wait, we spoil everything we talk Just about? Just about. Like, we, we ruin it? Like, well, everything we talk about, we ruin Sopranos. that thing. Well, well, no, no, no. I, mean, I know what you mean. Like, like we ruin like the storylines, or yeah. we, we tell the things that happen. But like, no, we, we made it sound it. like I could be talking about, yeah, you know, donuts, and yeah. we just and ruin, we ruin donuts it. for people. Just that's when we talk about 100% it. One hundred percent, what I meant. Oh, that's too bad. Yes. I feel bad. No, I just, we ruin everything, everything for yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I do. Oh, oh, maybe you don't. I'm, I'm, you uh, just said we do, so well, I guess I, I do. I do. I don't know where this is going. Licorice pizza. Licorice <laughs> pizza. I invited. This is me, direct address to the listener. I invited everyone I know to see this film a fourth. T- me seeing it a fourth time. Most people hadn't seen it yet, because where we live, it just wasn't playing near here. It was playing two hours away. Then it was leaving those theaters. And then it got nominated for three Oscars. So then it was only playing an hour away. It's also playing 30 minutes away, but that theater sucks. Is it in Starkville? It is. And that oh, theater I'm glad sucks. We, I'm glad you didn't the tell me. Hollywood video? Hollywood video, yeah. In the Hollywood, old Hollywood video. <laughs> Hollywood, what? what it, Hollywood. Hollywood word. premiere. Hollywood yeah, premiere. But it is, I'm just thinking of there's a movie being played at Hollywood, Hollywood video. video. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, it would not leave my brain. I was like, Hollywood? I know it's Hollywood. The other day, Caleb, was t- I told him that it was playing in Starkville, and he was like, I would drive three hours just to not have to, to watch avoid. it in Starkville. The only time I've enjoyed going to that theater was when we saw Tully. Yeah. Which it still oh, I, didn't I look good, and sound I great. I have good memories of that theater. Well, I'm glad. That theater is like, it looks like the, the computer's falling asleep and you need to wiggle the mouse. <laughs> yeah. And then sounds like they got three sound bars at Walmart and taped them up around you. Yeah, I mean, I guess it does, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a warehouse that sounds like you're in a warehouse. Yeah, it's just the um, the projectors and speakers are not good. I did go to like right when I moved here. I went to a short like a film festival there that was really fun, mm-hmm. but it was a film festival. So I, yeah. for like you know, I assumed that it would not be the best quality. Mm-hmm. So, but direct address to the listener once again. I invited so many people, not so many, like fourteen people, and eleven people came. <laughs> an hour, eleven friends of mine drove an hour to see this movie with me. It made me so happy. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it was the most people that I've been to the movie theaters with since COVID. It was so much fun. It was a good time. We took up a whole row and then... And made people moved. <laughs> yeah, they did. When the, I don't know why they moved, but they moved. Uh, oh, I know. Okay. 
we walked in and I said, we just like downed Chipotle and we're ready to go. And they, they stood up and left. I didn't make that connection, like, but no, that has to be why. I'm not gassy. I just, that's so <laughs> just funny. meant like oh, just, we had to eat quick because we were trying to get here. Fast. I just figured because we were kind of encroaching like closer towards them. Uh, yeah. They, they wanted like, to be COVID away. Uh, Maybe. That's, I don't know. They were I, all sitting there before I us. I don't like, think that yeah. was it. I think they were just. We were. We sat kind of three quarters down the row. <laughs> we were just kind of loud, and they were. Yeah, but kind they, of in they the middle, moved but before we left. were loud. They moved like yeah. Once we moved to sit in those chairs, they were like, "Oh, well, we need to be oh, six well. feet away, so we'll just get up and." They that's, said that? that. No, but that's oh. what I assumed. I think it's because they were like scared right Randy away. was going to fart on them. I think that's probably what it was. <laughs> that happened. Or maybe it was specifically because Chipotle, but. Two friends of mine who are horrific movie talkers and mm-hmm. late people. I love them anyway. They came <laughs> and one of their roommates was with them. The, so airing, they, the airing of grievances. Yeah. And we already, I mean, we're full row. The second row or whatever, the row with the bar, we were full. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they sat one row above directly behind me and Randy and then another, the person to my right uh, who's not here. And I texted two of them that I know. One of them I didn't because it was one of them's roommate I hadn't met until that night. I texted them. I was like, who was sitting directly behind Randy? And they were like, oh, yeah, my roommate. I was like, okay. (laughs) And they're like, why? (laughs) And then one of them, this is in a group chat with both of them. And then one of them texted me individually and was like, did he complain about us talking? (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, no. And then back in the group chat, I was like, he uh, he told me that someone was kicking his seat the entire movie. <laughs> and then they were just like, LOL, no way. And then I, unfortunately, in the middle of the movie, my stomach attacked me and I had to go to the bathroom. And I came back like five minutes later. But I didn't want to walk in front of everyone. And I was like way up in the middle of this row. So I just sat on the third row on the end. So I didn't have to walk in front of everyone again. So before, while I was sitting in front of them, I was also kicked. (laughs) And I I said that. I was like, while I was sitting in front of y'all, I was also kicked. And they were like, I think you're just making this up. (laughs) Tee, you're a funny boy. They were like, I think you imagine this. It wasn't like they bumped it. It was like they were rocking my chair for me. Yeah. Like they just had their foot on it and were just, you know, like they were nervously tapping their foot and it just yeah. happened to be pushing. I don't know how they, they didn't notice. They were trying like, to get your Chipotle out. Why? <laughs> they, weren't, they weren't there. They, didn't they were like, rocking you I was like, thinking a, maybe, like a child. Yeah, maybe they were like, I bet uh, parents go to sleep when they're rocked too. That was... <laughs> Like she's trying to this make person you. I don't know is like yeah maybe she's like in psychology and she had to pick like a like that's that's her whole like doctoral study she's in grad she? school for something mm-hmm. well doctoral study like, will, it, will people said, get annoyed yeah. if I kick their chair in that's, the theater that's what <laughs> or, I know about this or, person uh, do we retain from like childhood that rocking motion soothes us to I didn't retain fall asleep adults. so it actually just made me well more she's she's gonna call you later for the results gotcha like, yeah. That's the results. Yeah. Yeah. I eventually I was like, I was in, I, like I was in the first I 10 15 minutes of it I was like I don't <laughs> I don't know what to do here because part of me wanted to turn around and be like, "Hey guys, you know, would you mind this is happening?" Like not being mean, but just like this is yeah. you're kicking my seat. Uh but then I thought, you know what? People that talk during movies 
don't care. <laughs> so I feel like me turning around is just going to make me look like a jerk. Mm-hmm. And this is just one of those times where I just got to suck it up and just deal with it. Uh, and so that's what I decided that I just didn't want to come off like a jerk. So I was like, whatever. And eventually they, they stop, but then they would continue again and then they'd stop and then they'd continue again. So it was like the whole movie. Well, I was right beside um, you. She just said something. I could have like reached behind your chair. <laughs> well, I'm just like, like, just like, like giving them a stern look. Yeah. Well, there were a couple of times where I like adjusted myself and like pushed back a little bit, just hoping they would get like, you know, yeah. feel the, oh, hey, I'm kicking their seat. I should probably <laughs> stop doing that. Nope. That didn't have, didn't work. So. And they're like, that guy hit my foot. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then I'll, I would like look behind him and be like, I'll do it again. Don't think I won't. So we're talking about licorice pizza now? <laughs> I guess so. We already are. I have a lot of talking points. I had a feeling that you, yeah, you've seen it several times. You've driven <laughs> many miles. Okay, I did. seen this movie several times. I did the math. Conservatively, I've driven a thousand miles to see this movie. Mm. It round trip miles. But it was four times seeing it. Yes. Not a thousand miles for one. I, I drove right. to Nashville. I drove to Memphis. I drove to Birmingham and then Tuscaloosa. One of those trips had a point. Nashville was multi-purpose, mm-hmm. but the other ones were just to see the movie. Nice. <laughs> the Nashville one, though, I actually did want to go just to see the movie because it was playing on film. And then... Sidebar, I bought a drum set from a a shop in Nashville, and I was like, hey, I'll just pick it up when the movie starts playing. And they were like, yeah, that's cool. So I just waited to pick it up until then. So although that trip was multifold or multipurpose, it only happened. It started because (laughs) I wanted to see Licorice Pizza on film. Context, Paul Thomas Anderson is my favorite filmmaker. This is well documented. Me and Randy and Jeremiah for part of it, and then my cousin and my sister and our friend uh, watched all his movies in order, one a month, leading up to this movie. Yep. Except Phantom Thread, and then it kind of fizzled because we were all busy with Christmas. We had already seen it, so. Yeah. Or at least you and I had already seen it. Also, my sister hates that movie. (laughs) Does she really? I don't know why. My mom wants her to watch it again because my mom likes it, which doesn't make any sense because mm. she doesn't like any other PTA movies. But she actually really likes Phantom Thread. Yeah, I don't like. I don't dislike it. You need to watch it again. I uh, sure. Yeah, it's better than you remember. I. You know what's funny is I really liked Inherent Vice the first time I saw it, mm-hmm. and it was okay the second time. It. I think it's one of the now that I've seen it twice. I yeah. don't know if I will intentionally watch it again. Like if people are watching it and we're gonna like sure mm-hmm. yeah, but I that's one of the ones that I think I I don't know I think I could watch the master any day, I could watch there will be blood pretty much any day, I could watch uh, boogie nights not any day but uh, more than some of the others yeah and then uh, I would say licorice pizza I could probably watch any day. What about Magnolia? Oh gosh, <laughs> what did I, how did I forget about Magnolia? So Magnolia That was that was one of our yes. midnight viewings. <clears throat> yes, it was at that apartment. Both times I've seen it have been very late. Or the movie with the piano that they don't talk about the piano. <laughs> that that's is not one of my that's one that can't that's that's another one that I would only watch really, I think, if people were watching it. I like it. It's just not the one I'm going I don't know, it's not the one I ever really watched. That's like tied for first in my brain. <laughs> I um, I'm still yeah, I, I don't know why I forgot about Magnolia. 
Um, it's just a lot. It's a lot. I don't know if I, I think I have to be committed when I want to watch it. Yeah. As in like committed to the act, not I need to be committed. Yeah. When I want to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's, it's a, it's an undertaking. Not committed to an institution. Mostly just because it's an emotional investment that I have to be ready to be, I have to be prepared for. You don't just Um, turn on the Godfather or Schindler's List. Yeah. Or Magnolia. Yeah. Or Magnolia. (laughs) Yeah. But man, do I love that movie. Yep. I sort I sort of feel the opposite. Like I would put on any one of those. Magnolia? I'd be like, I'm ready to do this. Mm. Like like any day. But for like uh, licorice pizza, I have to be in the mood to watch like a slice of life. Uh, Ah, interesting. If you're like, let's just put that on and be like, all right. (laughs) There's just some films, I don't know, they just do such a good job at at, um, blurring the line between fiction and and reality, Um, or I guess maybe even just movie and reality. And uh, this movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, for like most of it, Mm -hmm. um, those two just stand out to me as films that I just can be transported away with like I, mm-hmm. I don't know they just take me somewhere that is that feels real i get it that it's based in you know a yeah. real location it's based in but it, <clears throat> a lot of times it has to do with particular casting choices production design a lot of well it has to do with a lot of things but it's just like my favorite moment in that movie i think is or in um once upon a time in hollywood is is when brad pitt's character is just driving home yeah that I love that moment so much because it it reminds me of a real time and place in my own life. And so mm-hmm. the rest of the film sort of then takes on that sort of like kind of foggy Saturday afternoon quality that's like kind of like a summer day where like the hours just kind of like go by. You don't, they just go by slowly. Yeah. You just feel like you're time there just for a little while slows down a little bit. And that's, that's the quality of, of licorice pizza for me is it just feels like it doesn't, it's got no cares in the world and it just kind of floats through. And it's like, yeah. it's like, Oh, what's this over here? Let's go over there. What's this over here? The only time it doesn't do that is, uh, when Bradley Cooper shows up and then suddenly it becomes very hyper-focused and you're like, whoa, okay, this is intense. Yeah, then, yeah, it, then it goes back really to intense, being like yeah. itself again. Yeah. Like, are they um, going to die? What is going to yeah. happen? It also, watching that a second time, it's one of those movies that it's so chill and fun, but like in a good way because it still has like substance. Mm-hmm. But there are a few moments the first time where you're like, I hope no one dies <laughs> like, <laughs> kind of thing. And when you watch it a second time, you know they don't. So you still enjoy the like thrill of like mm-hmm. she's riding, she's coasting down this hill backwards kind of thing. But you know everyone's okay. And so it's, you're more at ease. Yeah. One thing I was going to say though, Brad Pitt driving in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Do you know uh, the kind of story specifically the shot that's almost in the floorboard looking up at him driving. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard Quentin talk about that shot? I don't think so. He said that is like fundamental memory in his brain of his dad. Like that's the shot in his brain of him sitting in the car mm. or like in the floorboard watching his dad drive down those streets in LA. That's cool. So that's why there's one at such a low angle. Yeah. Specifically. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know. I like that. It's. I, I mean, I Tarantino is always great with with transporting you to a specific yeah. time period, specifically with his use of music. Mm-hmm. 
and music that is like popular at the time, but is sort of like has been forgotten. Yeah. But yeah. you know immediately that yeah. it's like, oh yeah, this is real. This is from then. And yeah. um, just having the radio on the background, the windows down. Like I just remember, I mean, I didn't take that same commute obviously, but yeah. my commute in LA was very similar of just like passing location after location, driving for an hour, you know, the sun's up when he starts and the sun's mm-hmm. down when he ends. And you're often, you end up in this weird place. Like that's like out of the way that you would never know. That's where somebody lived. And I don't know. I just like that about it. And licorice yeah. pizza to me felt very like, I think they shot it in LA. It feels like California. It feels yeah. like Southern California. Um, but it also doesn't, it feels like it could be anywhere, which is a really interesting yeah. It's the valley. Um, <clears throat> that, well, it's yeah, but I mean, even like I know that there's some like specific locations that they they reference, but even just in their like when they're at home or when they're yeah. at their little businesses and stuff, like mm-hmm. I don't know. Every location for the movie was within five miles of Paul Thomas Anderson's house. Nice. <laughs> it's all literally just off of Ventura. Just his neighborhood. Yeah, that's cool. Like actually in Encino. Yeah. And Sherman Oaks and stuff. I looked on Google Maps. I was looking through all that. It was fun. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to drive very far to get to set. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What so could I do? It was COVID I, times, right? Yes. Yeah. Should I lore dump? <laughs> I mean, the, you can like, if you want to. Just the making of this movie. One thing I love about it is that it, uh, I love so many things about it. All the things you just mentioned. And it's my favorite filmmaker already. And all the things that are like, I like about his movies are represented, but it feels like a family project almost mm-hmm. the way I love Wes Anderson. Me and my sister have joked. It feels like his movies are plays, not movies. It feels like they're plays that he's putting on with his theater company are like his friends mm-hmm. in, but in a great way. That's not annoying. Cause it's mm-hmm. like Wes Anderson's movies still a f- like, I connect with emotionally and I like, I'm not thinking about all this stuff while watching it, but there is a little bit of like, Oh, they're here and mm. they're here. Like the gangs together kind of thing. And, uh, PTA has worked with a lot of the same actors and a lot of not the same actors, but this movie, the two main characters are people who have never acted and they're people that he's actually just close to in life. I told you wrong the other night too. I think if I said this, he met Cooper Hoffman when he was three years, three days old. I told someone three weeks, but that was wrong. Three days old. He met him at the Hoffman's house when they got back from the hospital. So that's how long he's known Cooper Hoffman. And then there's a whole thing with him and the Heim family, which y'all know none of this. I'm just going to go. <laughs> I mean, I know him. I know his connection with the Heim family, but like, well, is, so do you, you know said, about their is, mom and stuff? I don't think so. But is Cooper Hoffman related to Philip Seymour Hoffman? It's his son. I didn't even know he had kids. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, okay, so when I was making all those comments about how I thought that this was just like him becoming yeah, Philip you, Seymour Hoffman's yeah, character, right. I didn't think that That's I didn't have no idea that there was a connection. <laughs> Blood I just thought yeah. that it was just like, oh, they just seem very similar in no, yeah, performances, but also with what's happening in the movie. It just yep. felt like, yeah. That's his that. son. That's cool. He was born in 2003 in PTA, has known him since he was three days old. And then the Haim family, he fell in love with their first record when it came out in 2013, just being a music fan. And he knew they were from the Valley and 
So he liked that aspect of it too. And then looking through the liner notes, music nerd, like the CD, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like looking through the actual credits and stuff in the thanks, like the thank yous. He saw someone that he knew, like they had a mutual friend. So he told that person, like, give them my email. I want to meet these people. This was before their second album came out in like 2015, 16, maybe. No, like 2015, I think. So the Heim family, the sisters had been fans of his work because they like good movies. And their mom has told them that she was his elementary school art teacher. And they were like, okay, sure, mom. You were Paul Thomas Anderson's mm-hmm. art teacher. And she was like, no, I was. And they were like, yeah. And she was like, no, yeah, like Boogie Nights, There Will Be Blood, I was his art teacher when he was six. <laughs> like, And they were just like, cool. <laughs> Never like fully believed it because there was no like evidence of it. And then they email Paul Thomas Anderson, like they kind of email back and forth. And then he invites them to have dinner at his home with him and Maya and their children. So they get there, and as the story is told, I've heard this story told like six times. I've heard hours and hours of interviews <laughs> at this point. I've heard it from both Alana Heim and Paul Thomas Anderson. And so they show up, and they're like freaking out, and they're like, we're not going to mention mom. We're not going to bring that up. It's probably not true. And so Paul opens the door and greets them, and uh, Esty, the oldest one, she's just like, uh, our mom was your art teacher in school (laughs) and he was like rose and said her maiden name and they were like yeah and he was like okay come this way he like goes in his son's room and brings out framed drawings that he did with their mom Uh. in school and he was like your mom was my favorite teacher ever (laughs) like i have more of these like framed that i've kept And so since then, their families have been very tight Mm. outside of music videos and stuff. Then Cooper Hoffman, he's known since he was born. But Cooper Hoffman was raised in New York. And when they were editing Phantom Thread, this is when uh, Phantom Thread and Haim's second album both came out in 2017. And they were supposed, the band was supposed to have a music video by this date and was like, hey, Paul, want to do a music video? And he's like, I'm editing a movie. I can't. So they were like, oh, okay. And then didn't think about it. And then it was like two weeks before they were supposed to have a music video. And they were like, oh, crap. So they were like, Paul, we really need you to, to help us with a music video. And he was like, okay, fine. Like, come meet me at the studio editing house. I don't know what they call it, where he was editing the mm-hmm. movie. And so they went to go talk with him. And they were like, there's this random child here. Like, Paul, who is this 14-year-old? And he was like, oh, this is Cooper. He's a friend. Like, he's he's hanging out. Like, he's from New York. He's in L.A. right now with staying with us. And they're like, okay. And then he gets a phone call, and he needs to go to the film lab, which is like an hour drive mm-hmm. away from where they are editing. And he was like, uh, hey, guys, Cooper's hungry. I need to go. I'll be back later. And so they met Cooper when he was 14, babysitting him for Paul. That's hilarious. Oh, there's a joke in there about how he's like, oh, she used to be my babysitter. Yeah. (laughs) So they took him to like a restaurant. They were like, do you like sushi? Like, we'll go to this place. And as the Heim sisters tell the story, they said they met Gary Valentine that afternoon eating with 
Cooper Hoffman. Mm-hmm. He was like talking to everyone. He was like, <laughs> oh, I'm I'm Cooper. What's your name? Like to all the waiters and stuff. And he was asking them questions like, okay, so like like asking about what instruments they play. And he's like, so like if you didn't do music, what would you do? And like stuff like, what are you passionate about? <laughs> and just like... <laughs> They were like, who is this child? They had no idea he was Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Mm. They just knew it was this little kid named Cooper. And so that was the only time that they had interacted, and that was in 2016, or maybe early 2017, when he was editing Phantom Thread. Paul then writes uh, this script, which the idea behind this script was multiple ideas. Early 2000s, Paul was on a walk, and he was walking by high school, by his house and he said it was picture day or something and this like 15 16 year old kid was flirting with a teacher or someone there for the photos who is probably mid-20s and he was like this is funny and he was like what if she actually went on a date with him (laughs) this is a movie idea um so he had that kicking around then he has a friend named gary getzman who almost everything that happens in Licorice Pizza is based on something that actually happened to Gary Getzman. He was a child actor who wasn't very successful. He had a like PR business <laughs> with his mom and like wrote copy for ads. Mm-hmm. And then he started selling waterbeds. <laughs> and then because of the oil crisis, he couldn't sell waterbeds. So then when pinball became legal, he opened an arcade. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was actually arrested for murder because he like the the description of the person was like he fit that description and then it was like oh that's not him but he was brought in and stuff mm-hmm. and so Paul describes him as a person that just has all these stories and you're like this can't be true yeah. and you ask people <laughs> that were kind of around and they were like no I, yeah that's kind of how it went down <laughs> like, like that's what happened and so he had those stories um, that he was just like, I got to do something with these stories, the school thing. And then since he met the Heim family, he's been telling Alana, like, I'm going to put you in a movie one day. She was like, oh, yeah, I'd love to be an extra kind of uh-huh. thing. <laughs> like, yeah. And he's like, no, like, I'm going to put you in a movie. So he writes uh, this script and then send it, sends it to her when she was in London on tour. And she started reading it. Also, he writes his scripts in Word. So she had to download <laughs> Word and open the Word document. Everyone always laughs that he does his scripts in Word. And they're like, does that not take forever? And he's like, oh, yeah, half my writing is formatting the script. Oh, gosh. Um, he's, he's just always is like, I don't like Final Draft, so I use Word. <laughs> <laughs> he does all the all the changing the font size and the right amount of space between stuff. So she started reading the script and she's like, I've never read a script before. And the first named character is Alana. And she's like, Oh, he wants to use my name. Mm. And she read the script and was like, this is incredible. I can't wait to see this. And then was like, that was awesome. Why did you send it to me? And he's like, well, are you going to play Alana? And she was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I love that this has turned into 10 minutes of me just telling all the backstories it's fun and so she was like okay do you actually think i can and he was like yes you very much are capable of this (laughs) um which sidebar watching i had never listened to heim the band uh i've always heard of them they've been around the same 
bands that I am a big fan, like fans of. I remember when I was buying the 1975's first album and Pure Heroin by Lord, their first album was always there too in 2013. And I was like, I don't know what that is. And I never listened to it. <laughs> then after watching this movie, I was like, I'm going to listen to Haim. And I've now heard all three of their albums several times and they're really freaking good. We listened to one of them on the way. Yeah. Way on back. the, on the nice. way back, Lolly. We started it and yeah. it ended as soon as we pulled yeah. it. In the park. He really <laughs> likes, back. he's heard their second album. Tell me something. Yeah. That's what it was. That's yeah. what we listened to. That one's my favorite. I think but their what, first album's my least favorite, but it's what still was good. weird is, uh, he was like, yeah, Haim, H-A-I-M, uh, just put him on Spotify, or uh, yeah. check him out on Spotify. I was like, I've never heard of this band. And the first song that came out, I was like, I know this song. <laughs> and then I was like, I've seen this video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, like the second song came out, I was like, I know this song too. Yeah. Like, I didn't I didn't know that I knew them. Mm-hmm. but well, and, I, and I couldn't even tell you, like, what from. But, yeah. like, I've seen videos, and I know... Yeah. A few of the songs. They've done like nine music videos with Paul Thomas Anderson, and they're all very good. Yeah, uh, the, one, the ones I saw were good. Specifically, they did a live video called Valentine that's kind of like a three-song music video that's just them live mm. in the studio. It's not the album recordings. It's them like playing live, and it's mostly just the three sisters, and then like one other guy plays uh, when they need a fourth person. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. All of them are shot on film and look amazing. So, yeah, I've become a big Haim fan. <laughs> I remember showing my family all these music videos, being obsessed and forcing them to watch stuff and listen to stuff. My mom was like, yeah, she's an actor. <laughs> she had seen the movie and then watched the music videos. But going back to the music videos, she was like, I get it in terms of directing these music videos and being like, they need to be in a movie. Like everyone's doing a good job. But she needs to be in a movie. <laughs> so she agreed. And so then they started casting, trying to cast Gary. And they did a normal casting process. They read with a bunch of people that are like actors. And uh, as Paul describes it, he said that none of them were really clicking. Like he knew someone would. And he said also they're all young actors and they wanted to look cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not, you know, like none of them wanted to be zit-faced and awkward and just exist. Yeah. <laughs> and so then they were kind of getting discouraged. They'd been doing this for several months. They had, like, traveled to read with multiple people and none of them were right. And then one day he was like, I wonder if we could convince Cooper to do this. <laughs> and he said he texted the three sisters at the same time and said, what about Cooper? And as Alana tells it, they all just started freaking out. And he, she said... He didn't even say his last name. He just said Cooper, and we'd all only she met him. Was, yeah. yeah, they were like, we've only met him the one time, but him saying Cooper, we were like, that's that Gary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that kid is Gary. That's really cool. Yeah. I think that might be part of why it has that quality that I was talking about earlier, that sort of like blurred sense of, yeah. like, I don't know. It almost just feels like we're just actually watching yep. real life unfold. And it, I think the fact that it, they're not professional actors, that they're just, they look like normal people. Mm-hmm. He has acne, which is something yeah. you never see in movies. They just carry themselves and they talk like normal people, even though their dialogue is sometimes a little like outlandish. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a unique situation, you know? Mm-hmm. But in spite of that, it still feels like I believed 
everything that happened. And I think maybe a lot of that's because almost all of it is based on real life. Yeah. I love like the Kane family is just the Heim it's family. A, yeah, their family. Yeah. And the, uh, <laughs> one of them bringing an atheist to a, a Jewish dinner <laughs> so it's a big deal. is an actual story yeah, that's <laughs> that hilarious. they tell. Um, it wasn't her. It was one of the older two, but that's something that happened mm. a long time ago. He's an atheist and he was going to get me out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I love this movie so much. It really is um, something special. Yeah. yeah it really like transported me back to like being in high school and mm-hmm. and like just silly adventures and like bebopping around town and not ne- not necessarily like falling in love, but like being around girls and like noticing that I liked them, yeah. you know, for the first time and like, ooh, I could, uh, we could date and then that would be a thing. And then like, and then she would do something or even like later at certain points in the movie, like she would do something intentionally and be like, no, we're not yeah. going to do uh, And I mean, even go, like, go, like bringing back that sort of stuff, like going through that, it felt like me and it felt like my life too, even though I'm not from that valley and I'm yeah. not, I wasn't in the seventies, but it, it just felt like dreamy and hazy and like child, chi- like end of childhood sort of days. Yeah. That nostalgia for that time period. Mm-hmm. I love that. I feel like since the invention of the car, no matter where you live, teenagers have that same experience of just like just driving around. It's well, like, well, it's like doing you, nothing. You don't get a second home, but it's like this little tiny area that's yeah, just yours. You make all the rules. Uh-huh. Like you deter- Like I'm hungry. I'm gonna go eat right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And it's kind of like it's your own little house on wheels. Yeah, for a couple of hours. And that's like your first taste of freedom. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess young, younger or older generations, it was like when they got their bike. Yeah. And then suddenly that became unsafe. So for like <laughs> a more modern generations, it's cars and stuff. Yeah. That was, I biked a ton. And that's another thing. I have a lot of my close friends are older than me. Mm-hmm. And when I vibe with Gary and that, it's like Gary can't drive, but he can now get around. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <And> then, like, <laughs> like you... You just have a network of people that can get you places. (laughs) Like I had friends when I was 14 and 15. I biked everywhere and or I just had people that could drive me. And I live in the middle of town, which is the best. I'm five minutes from everything. I like that. That's why you really want the sidewalks on 18. Yes. Yeah, because you can walk around. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, I have so many things to say about it. I don't know where to start or where to go. So many thoughts. Someone else say something. Yeah. I mean, it's just a beautiful little little feeling that you get while you watch this movie. Yeah. Oh, the, uh, I already said this, but I love the, there's going to be tons of comparison to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because it's filmmakers that are peers and it's not the same time period, but it's like four years apart. So it kind of is. Yeah. I feel like culturally Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is about the shift of a cultural era. Mm-hmm. especially in that area. So it is four years apart, but it's like things have shifted. Well, um, it even feels different uh, being from like an adult perspective versus that too. the kid perspective. Yeah. That too. That's one thing I was going to say is the once upon a time in Hollywood, it's the like Hollywood, you know, movies mm-hmm. aspect of it where it's still the like 
dazed and confused American graffiti thing, but it's actors working. And then it's Tarantino y too. It changes history and there's a violent attack. <laughs> there had to, there had to be. We knew. Yeah. We all knew it it's was coming. Completely and utterly a Tarantino film, but it does the the American graffiti thing, but it's about actors who are adults in the this movie doing that but it's like we'll go over the hill and it be about kids they're very connected because of that but they're also completely distinct Mm -hmm. and it's completely and utterly a paul thomas anderson movie Mm -hmm. in that same way that once upon a time is a tarantino movie um something i liked about it and this is just a weird observation personal observation but i i love big cities i love Mm -hmm. living in big cities Um, and i think a lot of people that don't live in big cities don't like it for well a lot of reasons they want the privacy they want um they don't like all the traffic there's too many people it's too noisy there's too many liberals too many whatever you know (laughs) there's a lot of reasons but i feel like when you actually live there that big city becomes very small and uh the noise sort of just just becomes noise it's just Mm -hmm. background you know it's not it's not as intrusive or as invasive as uh, it might have seemed when you visited or first got there but I love how this movie captures that they're in, you know, the valley, but it's mm-hmm. part of Los Angeles and it's all just this sprawling yeah. uh, mega city. And yet no matter where he goes, he knows somebody. And yeah. that's, uh, you know, a lot of it has to do with his personality, but I just love how like he, he knows the tailor. He knows yeah. the guy who runs this place. He knows this person and, and they're all just like people just doing their own thing, living their life. And they mm-hmm. all feel like at any time it feels like the camera could follow any person in any scene and I would go with them. Like yeah. it, it feels like we could at any moment just branch off in any direction. And so while you're watching the film for the first time, you don't know where we're going to go. There's no, yeah. it's not very plot like driven at all. It's very just like just live in this moment. And let's see where it takes us. Like I said, the only time it ever feels like, oh, we're going somewhere specific is mm-hmm. when Bradley Cooper shows up. And then the rest of the movie, you're like, where, is he coming back? Like, is he hey, gonna, where, Are they going to die? I also feel like it's still not even that specific. It's just that we're terrified of Bradley yeah. Cooper. It gives us a common something that we know, which is we're scared of that guy. Yeah, yeah. But well, that, the, and then there's like a like you know essentially an action scene. Yeah, the um, best action scene of 2021. <laughs> I had an upper like a a situation not similar, in the sense that I was running from someone trying to kill me. Uh, but I <laughs> ran out of gas. Murder maniac. I ran out of gas while I was trying to find. Uh, I don't remember where I was trying to find. Uh, I just got lost in Pasadena. Terrifying. Ran out of gas, and I was so angry that I ran out of gas because. I was mad because I should have taken the exit earlier. I took the Mm -hmm. wrong turn, whatever, all these different things. I was just frustrated. I didn't have any, you know, I, it was just bad time. And as I, I I think I've told you the story, but I I ran out of gas at the top of a hill. So I was like, I don't know what to do. And I was so frustrated at that moment. And then I looked down at the bottom of the hill and there was a gas station, gas station (laughs) at the bottom. And this wasn't a small hill. This was like a very long hill. And so, you know, not very steep. But uh, so then I just popped it in neutral. And then just as soon as I ran out, it was like at the top, ran out of gas, put it in neutral, turned the car off mm-hmm. and then coasted all the way up to the gas pump and was like, that yes. was the most lucky. I was, it was yes. so yes. serendipitous yes. how yes. it happened. Yes. Um, and so when she's like, 
if I make a left turn, I can make this thing on this yeah. time. Like, uh, like mine wasn't that intense, but it made me think, holy crap, I've done this. Like, yeah, literally coasted to neutral, not in reverse in a box truck, but I've also driven some crazy routes on a, in a box truck in LA and yeah. gotten into some really tight situations that I thought I'm never going to get out of this and then eventually did. And it was just like, it's a good time. Also, uh, that's every time you see Alana driving. Is it her driving? It's her driving. Nice. She took like stick shift lessons. Oh, nice. And learned like literally that truck, like practiced how to drive that truck. One thing that made me think of, I have a lot of other thoughts about the production of it that are just technical and talking about the valley and the being like over the hill, not in the term, like the phrase over the hill, but <laughs> across the hill. Yeah. In once upon a time, they're over the hill, but <laughs> in the this, they're on the over other side a hill. of the hill. One thing Paul has talked about this whenever he talks about the valley and then Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach have talked about this a lot that when you're a teenager you just want to be in the better place and it doesn't matter if you're from a town of 50,000 people in Mississippi or if you're in Brooklyn or the San Fernando Valley you still are like oh but that place is better kind of thing like Greta and Noah talked about the way that she just like hated Sacramento is like, I need to get to New York. Noah said like he was like a 45 minute train drive from Manhattan, but being in like a corner of Brooklyn that is more neighborhood. He's still just like, God, I hate it here. <laughs> like I need to be on the Island. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and so Paul Thomas Anderson has talked about growing up in the Valley. It's that kind of thing where it's people from Kansas are like, but you're there. You're like, you're in the big city. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm <laughs> over this mountain range. <laughs> like, I'm the big city's much. over there. <laughs> this is terrible. And then getting older and realizing like, oh, like I like it on this side of the hill. I still live there. And then Greta making a movie about how much she loves Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with Noah with Squid and the Whale being set literally on the same block that he grew up on. It definitely captures that well, capturing being a teenager well. Filming stuff, that's fun. It was one of the first movies to, uh, like, film again. Besides, like, Malcolm and Marie was, like, the first one, but that one was very specific in the way that they, like, it was, like, 20 people at a mansion kind of thing, and it was a bottle movie. This started filming in July of 2020. It was one of the first... Hmm. full-scale productions there's a lot of people in it too but back to the it feels like a family project thing paul has said that he thinks he knows 95 percent of the people in it like by name not just like oh i've seen them but it's like yeah i know them like they're in my kids class or like that's like my cousin (laughs) like (laughs) it's just all except for the actors that are like they're an actor, which most of them he knows because they're actors. Even if he hasn't worked with them before, they're in this movie because they wanted to work together. Like Bradley Cooper and Sean Penn are just people that he's always wanted to work with and they've always wanted to work with him. And mm-hmm. so he was like, I got something. <laughs> like yeah. This will actually like be up y'all's alley. Uh, I assume the same with John Waits because yeah. he's perfect. <laughs> But then he said all the extras are, like, people he knows. All the school kids are actually his children's classmates. All of the friends, Kirk and Tim and all those guys, he's like, that's actually, like, my children and Cooper's friends. (laughs) Like, they know them. And, I yeah, it's just fun. 
Cooper and Alana did their own makeup, which Cooper didn't really have any. Yeah. <laughs> he also he can't drive because he was seventeen or eighteen when they shot it, but he's grown up in New York, so he doesn't have a license. He's never driven a car, and so uh, Alana picked him up from like his house or hotel. I don't know where he, his living situation, but. Yeah. Uh, she was his ride every day wherever nice. they were going. So they said like she'd pick him up, and they would start getting ready <laughs> and like run lines and stuff in the car. Oh, uh, they should have rented him like a nineteen seventies convertible car, or something. <laughs> something to get him in the mood. That sounded creepy. Not 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 <laughs> like a not like a couple way, but like in a you're shooting a movie in the seventies. Yeah, that made me think of a funny thing. There's a really good DGA like Directors Guild Q and A with PTA about this movie. He tells multiple stories about acting, manipulating actors, kind of. Mm-hmm. And every time he's just like, don't do that. Don't manipulate <laughs> actors. Don't lie to them. But these are my friends and they're not actors. <laughs> like, uh, he's like, it's different. But the uh, the boob scene, the first take, they didn't tell Cooper he was going to get slapped. And so she slapped him. And it was like, yeah, that was pretty good. Then they do the second take, and he kind of is, like, anticipating it. Paul said that Cooper came to him and was like, I knew I was getting slapped. Like, I know that was a bad take. You know, like, let's do it again. And Paul was like, you know, I think there might should be, like, a kiss. Like, I think we're going to take this scene a different direction, like this take, just to see. (laughs) I think, you know, like, you're going to ask, and then she's going to, like, come in, and y'all are going to kiss. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds good. And then he took Alana aside and was like, just own him. (laughs) (laughs) And so there's three takes of that, and that's the one that's in the movie. (laughs) You can see it, too. Yeah. He's, like, got this nervous, like, like perfect nervousness of, Uh like, something good's about to happen. Yeah. (laughs) That's hilarious. That's really great. Because he's about to have to kiss his co-star. Yeah. And then she just wrecks him. (laughs) That's hilarious. Similarly, the, uh, the phone call. Gosh, I freaking love the phone call scene where he says it's Lance, uh-huh. and then they're just silent, and then she calls it back, uh-huh. and they're silent. When they filmed that, they had it. They were on actual phones, mm. so they could talk to each other, not separately, you know, at their own respective houses, but they still had the other one on the line to talk to in between takes and stuff, even though there's no... So they weren't acting to nothing. Oh, yeah. They were acting to actual silence <laughs> on the other end. Ooh, and deep. so... Paul, he's a, he was like, yeah, Cooper's doing pretty good. Like, something about his reaction could be better. So he went to Alana, and he was like, just say the nastiest, filthiest <laughs> things to him on this phone right now. And so that's another one. They said, like, the shots in the movie are her just being raunchy as heck, saying these terrible things to Cooper. <laughs> and he's supposed to be acting, like, in this scene where he's just quiet <laughs> Uh-huh. And he's talking about, like, you can just see how his face is red. And uh-huh. he's, like, so freaked out. <laughs> he's just like, oh, my God, what's happening? <laughs> what's- and then he's just like, don't do that to actors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, this was different. Yeah. So, on a scale from one to cheesecake. <laughs> oh Are we already there? I like it. <laughs> so many thoughts, so little time. Also, we haven't talked about the let me roll it scene. and We haven't done a, I just talk about scenes that I like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I just say I like that scene, then we move on. <laughs> we move I on. like that scene. But the, uh, scene. 
it's a Paul McCartney and Wings song called Let Me Roll It. But after the motorcycle thing at the restaurant, mm-hmm. they leave and then go to the the store and lay on the air mattress. And it's just incredible Paul McCartney song in the best shot ever of their pinkies touching yeah. on beat. And then he like looks down and you're like, don't. And then he like puts his hand over her boob and you're like, stop, uh-huh. <laughs> stop Gary. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm just going to touch her pinky. You know what? Well, and it's beautiful. Yeah. To me, that scene, was... I almost cried every time <laughs> I've seen it. He's like, no respect woman. And you're like, yes, Gary. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, the person that I was thinking of was actually Lexi from Euphoria. Um, so I'm going to, this is something from the most recent episode, but it's just something someone says. It's not like a, I'm not going to spoil anything. I mean, spoil it. But no. Lexi talks I'm, I'm about. I'm literally going to watch it. In like she talks about um, how high school, like when they're young, it is essentially, it's like a time when uh, you know nothing about love, mm-hmm. but you have uh, a good idea of what it, might feel like and so you but you want to know so badly and so plus she doesn't say this but plus everybody's going through puberty so everyone's super horny and so high school is like this weird time where everything is heightened every Mm -hmm. every every problem is 10 times bigger than it really is um every heartbreak is 10 times harder um than it would be than it will be five to ten years later in that person's life you feel all of it. I feel like at that time in your life, because everything is new. Everything's um, everything too is, much. It's too much. It's everything is, it's just overload because you mm. never felt these feelings before and you're feeling them for the first time. And so when you get older, it's people tend to think, you know, they feel like they've, they're jaded because mm-hmm. you're not feeling these things new anymore. It's not, it doesn't have the same impact on you. After watching this last episode, my wife and I were talking about how euphoria, one of the greatest things about euphoria um, and I'm going to come back to licorice pizza. Don't worry. Um, we can talk about euphoria. Yeah. No, there's a connection. Always. That's why. Um, is that it, you know, I've, I've heard some people complain about how they don't like it because it's just too much. It's, it's like not, I don't know. They just don't get it. It just don't understand it. But I'm like, to me, it is, it is a fantasy version of what it's like to, it's what it, it captures what it feels like to be yeah. in high school. Mm-hmm. It's not real. The way that they portray things is not, Sometimes it's it gets close, but most of the time it is a heightened version of of that reality. But yeah. it's exactly what it feels like in the minds yeah, of the people living it. Feels real, yeah. Um, everything that you see that we watch as the audience and go, "Oh my gosh!" Like this is presented in a way that's just like, okay, this is a lot. <laughs> but and it may have you know it'd, it'd be like one of those things where like you you know like you have uh, you know those fun in a, in a comedy where someone is like. You know they're they're doing this epic thing and then they cut mm-hmm. to the wide shot and the music yeah. goes away and they're like they look like an idiot just like mm-hmm. dancing around next to their car you know whatever you're like that's high school yeah yes. that's that's <laughs> what Euphoria is doing is it's sort yeah. of like no no we're not going to cut away to the wide shot and laugh at it mm-hmm. we're going to stay in it and yeah. like acknowledge that the feelings that happen in these situations are real mm-hmm. and that's what the show is going to be about it's going to be about that you know those yeah. feelings um so. When Gary, in that moment in, on the waterbed where he reaches over and you know mm-hmm. like what's going through his mind and all that stuff, and he holds his hand over her mm-hmm. her breast and doesn't do anything, just holds it there. 
to me it was like but one he was like okay yeah he could be restraining himself and he is mm-hmm. and he's like okay i, I don't want to mess this up but to me it was like this whole movie is about delayed gratification they are not in a relationship mm-hmm. quote unquote um the whole movie yeah you know they don't kiss until the very like last moment of the film um and that's the moment where it's like ah we can breathe and everything not that it's super tense until then yeah but for them everything is about like not just quickly going into the thing that they want, but like savoring, taking their time. And when yeah. he does that, to me, it's like, this is the movie. Mm-hmm. It's somebody like holding their hand over yeah. the thing that they want so badly, but not <laughs> taking mm-hmm. it. Um, getting close, like just yeah. close enough where they can feel it. You know, there's a and an intensity to it, but then pulling back uh, and staying where they are, not moving beyond that point. Um, And so they stay in that sort of like in that energy for the entire film. And then finally at the end, they, they embrace it and they, they move forward. And then at that point it's like, well, there's no turning back now. You can't, they're never going to be able to recapture the intensity of that feeling in that part of their lives Mm -hmm. ever again, because they moved on, they've gone to the next stage. So yeah, that scene to me was very. And Um, that's why Gary breaks up with her the next day. (laughs) Honestly, I don't, I mean, honestly, like I don't see them to me. It's like, yeah, if we were ever to find out whatever happened to them, I don't see them together in 10 years, but that doesn't mean that that, hopeless romantic, but that, but that doesn't mean that they'll look, they won't look back on that time of their lives as something. In fact, that might be what separates this PTA film from a different one is like, he just ends it earlier. So it feels happy rather than showing like where it PGA ends up. movies are always happy. <laughs> always. always. <laughs> yes. He's like, I'll just cut this one here love, so it's kind of happy. I <laughs> forgot. There will be blood. So happy. I, mean, I forgot yeah, I was who, happy at the end of it. who it was. The master. Some. Okay, the master. So happy. So I f- don't remember who, but there was a. F- He's got a killer song. A, f- uh, a filmmaker. I don't remember her name, but she told Paul Thomas Anderson after she saw The Master, she was like, I loved The Master. I'm so glad it had a happy ending. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, kind of like smiled and he was like, yeah. you think his happy ending? And she was like, yeah, Freddie ended up where he belonged with some random lady writing him that he doesn't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't remember what she said, but something to that effect, like it's like, it's Freddie and his element. Like, mm. <laughs> I thought that was funny because it's like I'm not saying it's like a happy, happy ending. Yeah, but I think all his movies That's are happy on their own terms. Sure. Yeah, I, I can agree. With They're that. not. I, <laughs> I mean, that dude's ha- Freddie's happy in that moment, but it's. I mean, sad. Daniel Plainview is happy. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I guess you could say it is a happy ending for the character. Um, yeah. happy quote unquote, but, but for but us, sad when for you the watch rest the, of us yeah, for the rest of humanity, yeah. <laughs> watching the master and you're like, we will never get better than this. <laughs> I guess <laughs> someone always learns something, even if they don't learn the right thing, they learn something. Yeah. And even if though someone <laughs> is the audience, someone always learns something. <laughs> I like, I so mean, in a way it is a happy, I think about. In my brain, H.W. has a great life after after he leaves that house in 27 or 28, whenever it is, and then goes off to Mexico to drill for oil. He's like, screw that guy. And then his life's just better than it was. 
not carefree. You know, he's drilling oil in Mexico. It's going to be work. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Fine, I think all his movies. pleasure in work. His movies don't make me sad. I guess that's the thing. And I do, I respect oh, anyone that, you know. I say Magnolia made me very sad. But yeah, I wouldn't say a, a sad ending not like, makes you sad. Not like, um, they don't make me depressed. Yeah. <laughs> like it's I mean, a good sad. Yeah. It's a good sad. I feel the, I feel the. The negative feelings I feel correctly, but whenever the credits start on one of his movies, I don't feel There Will Be Blood is maybe the exception, but I always feel uplifted. (laughs) (laughs) If some people would say uh, that's not true, but I think I, that, I don't know. (laughs) I'm the person that always picks the happy ending. My headcanon, Gary and Alana stay together i think they definitely break up and get back together six more times but i think oh, oh, yeah. oh i think the very next day they're i think when gary's 20 and she's 30 they are still just grinding out thriving businesses that flop in a year and then popping out another thriving business oh gosh I yeah. In that's, my mind he is Philip Seymour Hoffman in Punch Drunk Love. Like that's just my <laughs> canon is that like that's who he becomes like his Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No, that's, that just because that of like yeah. just how his like horniness is like a characteristic and so and he's like an entrepreneur and so yeah, of course he's running like running politics, a sex yeah. hotline out of a mattress store. <laughs> In Arizona yeah, or wh- New Mexico, whatever it that's takes where to he make would a buck, be. Yeah. Utah, you, okay, same difference. <laughs> when it, you drive through them, it mean, all looks the same. Whoa, Utah no. does have some beautiful spots, but you don't drive through them when you're. Going. <laughs> Utah looks ten times better than New Mexico. New Mexico is ugly. I like New Mexico. I and didn't you say Arizona? Arizona's beautiful too. I li- no, I okay. Here's my ranking. They all have their good spots. <laughs> I would give Utah <laughs> on a scale from Utah to New Mexico. Yeah. Utah and New Mexico. <laughs> what I, would you give this? Uh, if you had to pick you a state that was a part of the Four Corners uh, to rate this movie, to rate this film, what would it be? If I rated the Four Corners, it would be Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and then such a big gap. Like those are kind of tight. Those three, and then I mean, like fifty feet of crap. And then New Mexico. New Mexico. I've heard there's pretty parts of New Mexico, but I haven't been. Uh, and Albuquerque is the least, my least favorite city I've ever been in. I like Albuquerque. I've only been there for a short time, but it Albuquerque, was like, it's like big, small. Like it feels small, but it's big. I don't Albuquerque know. makes me think of Meridian, and Meridian's my least favorite place on earth. I don't have that connection. <laughs> so, Meridian, so. I could see that if you have a negative when you drive in Meridian, you get more racist and you Ooh. feel the racism weighing on you. The way people talk about Mississippi and I'm like, it's not like that. I go to Meridian, I'm like, oh, it's worse than people think. Oh, gosh. It's <laughs> it's like freaking, it's like <laughs> Detroit of Mississippi it's in the two. Detroit of Mississippi. <laughs> that Meridian used to be the biggest city in Mississippi by a ton. And now it's like barely bigger than Columbus. Barely. Mm. Like everyone acts like it's bigger, but it's like, no, there's nothing there. There's tons of area where things used to be and there's a freeway that drives through it. (laughs) And it's one of those like Albuquerque where it's a freaking road that they just dropped on top of the city. So it screwed Mm -hmm. it all up where you can't, (laughs) it's this massive road 
that you have to get on smaller <laughs> roads and it's just going through everything. So it totally ruined the flow oh. of this new part of town because they just dropped a huge road. They built stuff around it, but it doesn't feel integrated at as all. A, it feels a, like it's trying to just... As an amateur city planner, what? what you think yeah. <laughs> as an amateur city planner, it is the worst. It gets an F <laughs> on all counts. But yeah, I also... The only... Th- Three good things have ever come out of Meridian, Mississippi. My father, my friend Tanner Stewart, and Haley Williams from Paramore. <laughs> that is the only good things that have ever come out of Meridian. You heard it here. I have family in Meridian, and I stand by <laughs> <laughs> They're all listening. Like, hey. Um, so you'd give, well, which, which one of those four would you give uh, <laughs> this film? The Grish Pizza. The Stick. Oh, it, it's a Utah. It's a Utah. Sure. It's a Utah. I, we still got to do the restaurant. So we're actually, okay, we changed it. Oh, what did you a little, A little we've bit. We've it a little bit. So it's not, we, we've, we've. Uh, this is going to be the third time we've, you're, we've you're old, described it. Your old this answer last. could still apply. Yeah. Okay. But it's so more inclusive. It's, it's more inclusive. Uh, the scale is from one uh-huh. to Cheesecake Factory. Yes. Really, anything in between Okay. Is fine. I like that. <laughs> so we've 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 started any, to open it up any, more to like anecdotes. Any experience, any moments, anecdotes. experiences, this whatever. Is perfect. Restaurants can be or cannot be involved. It's fine. This is absolutely what I was hoping for. Let me tell you why. I'm not done talking about random scenes. <laughs> I could I could just talk about every moment in the movie and just drool over it if we mm-hmm. for a while. Um <laughs> I'll come back to those. I'm just thinking about scenes now and <laughs> details. I love the music, the costumes, how it's shot, everything. Um, the lack of makeup on Gary's face. The lack of makeup on everyone's face. It's great. <laughs> how um, they made him say the uh, the line about his acne yeah. in his audition. <laughs> so mean. <laughs> so rude. That, that audition scene. Oh. I love... Uh, Maya Rudolph just being like, "Oh my God, you're huge!" Yeah, <laughs> and the <laughs> it's like he knows the guy so uh-huh. well, and he's like, "How you doing?" He's like, ah, "Divorced, but losing weight." Yeah, <laughs> which this is terrible. I love that line so much because I've been in one half relationship, and I was dumped, and after I was dumped, I lost fifty five pounds. It's the skinniest I've ever been. <laughs> I've gained all of it back and more. So I uh, think I need to get really depressed again. Oh, no, 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 no. For real. I lost so much weight because I wasn't eating and I would walk around for hours every night being sad. <laughs> 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 this is when I was 18. So it was that, you know, You're, everything was. Everything was just, yeah. <laughs> I feel like. Larger than life. It was like five years ago. So it's dumb for four and a half so it's dumb to be like, it was so long ago. But at the same time, it's like, I'm a different human. I feel like that <laughs> like, transition from 18 to like your mid-20s is like the biggest change that you'll go through. Yeah. At least yeah, up until least. now for me. That yeah, that transition was, was massive. Because when, when you're 18, everything you go through is like literally your life is over yeah. after this. Like it's just like you break up with somebody, I'll never love again. Like it's just like yeah. it'll be like, you know, like I'm, you know. Well, and then like that, mid twenties, <laughs> mid twenties for males, or early twenties, mid twenties, your frontal lobe finally attaches, 
<laughs> Feels great. Your to be, brain to kicks like, in. Yeah, to be able to like look at a situation and be like, if I do that, I might die. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Okay, that might be what it is. From ages 14 to 18, I did so much crap <laughs> that was so dangerous and illegal. Also, I was doing it with a friend of mine who's like eight years older than me, and we were just yeah. same headspace. But now he's still eight years older than me. That's a no. He's like, well, yeah, six or seven years older. I was, older I was than like, me. that doesn't change. He stays the same. Yeah, he's now still he's that. only six years older than me. Whoa, what? I did some in my brain though. If he was eight years older, he'd be thirty, and he's not thirty. So I think he's six or he's six years older than me. But he both unless, of unless us, he like traveled at the speed of light for like a year, then we're getting okay. relativity stuff. I'm redacting eight years. <laughs> He's six years older than me. Oh, okay. But when I was like 14 to 18, he was one of my rides. Nice. <laughs> and we would do dumb crap multiple times. I've sat under train tracks, kind of like bridge, train track bridge, crawl under the train tracks, and he would hop on the train and ride across, and we'd wave at each other. I wasn't sure who you were talking about, and now I know. I yeah. Like, oh, okay. So that's just the stuff we did. We walked across. There's a highway that goes from this town, city, to th- another town, city. The bridge over the river, Tom mm-hmm. Bigby. Yeah. I've walked under that bridge on the catwalk, like the maintenance catwalk mm-hmm. that goes under it that you have to climb like a ladder up to. (laughs) It's just something I did. So much crap. I've driven down back roads while he was on top of the car because he's a spider monkey. So much stuff. But that stuff all terrifies me now. (laughs) Like my brain is like, why did we do that? I could not do that Well, and then somebody, like, he'll be like, that same friend will be like, let's do that. And you're like, no. No, he feels the same (laughs) way now. We've talked about this, like, and he's married now and stuff. He'll and, still do it? Well, I mean, we still do fun stuff, but we've talked about, like, we're not riding trains anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we think about that, and it's like, that was kind of dumb. <laughs> like, there could have been very real consequences. <laughs> what were we talking about? Yeah, Wanda Cheesecake Factory. Okay, Wanda Cheesecake Factory being more experience-oriented. I'm very down with that or you know could be any like anecdote or whatever Mm -hmm. i like that a ton because i liked that it was going from just being name a restaurant to like oh this meal this time when i did this kind of thing yeah and because of that i've seen licorice pizza four times (laughs) i've traveled 1200 miles to watch it after the first one i thought of what mine would be but i was like but it's not a restaurant it was like a dinner party Mm. Not really a dinner party. It was a party with food. And that was my, like, <laughs> that was my thing. So, licorice pizza, for me, on a scale of one to Cheesecake Factory, is the 2021 Mackie Christmas party. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I got to spend, I think I was there for six hours. And it's one of those things, big family Christmas party, all these people. So, like, all the adults are, like, inside being adults, and then me and my friends now are not the children, so that's weird, because there was, like, the teenager group, though they all went to go see Spider-Man, 
And we were like, oh, making jokes and stuff. Because, you know, there's like, oh, try to sit by your crush and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one of them. Uh, you're you're ruining their entire night. <laughs> nah. <laughs> um, uh, leave me alone. Funny stories. But then also like the Mackies, one of the many Mackie children who's more my age, was like, they're just letting you go to a movie? It's 10 o'clock. And it was like, yeah, like we're going to the late movie. And she's like, what the heck? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I could not do this when I was 16. <laughs> like, when did this change? But that night, it was like I was sitting at a table for multiple hours, and then we kind of moved to a different table. And it started like big party, tons of people there, all everywhere. But me and a lot of people, most of my closest friends, Randy, you weren't there. Jeremiah, we're not friends. I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, I'd say we're solid I acquaintances. I wasn't. I was there for a little while. I'd say we're solid acquaintances. Not stay very we're, long. We're working. Year. What to be friends? It's yeah. what two hundred hours spent together. <laughs> is, that, is that the rule? I didn't. Well, know I mean, there's gen- like there is like a you're a, a loose num- friend, kind of a number. But yeah, I'd say we're. I'd say we're. You're someone I look forward to being there. friends with. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're intentionally <laughs> clocking those hours. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's. That, I mean it might sound kind of dumb, but, but you, I still think of it that way. Yeah. Sure. You won't be in my wedding. <laughs> well, not yet. <laughs> True. Maybe yeah. one day. See. I don't. I it's doubt I'll number, get married. It's the soon. number of hours. Mm. I doubt I'll get married soon. But if I did, Randy would be in there probably. <laughs> if he be around. <laughs> he would be in the. If it was in a building, I would be in the building. <laughs> if I get so, married, I want Randy to be the uh, the minister. You would. You would all definitely right. be asked to <laughs> be like, a groomsman right. or to officiate. <laughs> one of the two. But so you weren't there for while I was there at least. But it was like me, my cousin Caleb, his girlfriend, tons of people I've known my entire life. Like everyone around this table I've known for 20 years plus. And we just like were hanging out and talking. We broke out the Mike Berbiglia slow round questions. Mm. (laughs) And like we were just having like real conversations because it's like all these people I've known my entire life. But now some of them don't live here and they were in town for Christmas. Mm. And, like, people that I was closer to when I was younger, but we kind of have different mainstay friend groups, are people that I've known forever. And we have, we have like, weird, like, we're tight in certain, sp- like, circumstances, I guess. Because it's like, you know, I've known them 20 years. So it's like, we're not super tight, but if there's certain circumstances that kicks in where it's like, no, I've known them 20 years kind of thing. (laughs) And so I just got to hang out with that group of people for literally six hours. And by the end of the night, it was like midnight and everyone had left except this group of people. We were sitting on a porch and it was like, it was Christmas, but it was like 55 degrees outside at night. (laughs) And we were just asking each other actual interesting things. It was like, have I ever hurt your feelings? <laughs> and stuff. And like, mm. what's a group that wouldn't let you in? What's a movie you actually think changed your life? Like you're different now that you've seen it kind of stuff. And literally just went around in a circle and everyone would talk. And someone would say something that we all grew up together. So we'd be like, oh, and then laugh about that for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then we'd come back to like, okay, your turn. And it was just incredibly fun. And my extrovert self, 
I'm a shy extrovert, so I like to be in a room full of people and not talk at all times. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just, I feel like I hadn't been around tons of people lately, and it was like fresh people <laughs> for mm. me to feed on. <laughs> um, that's how fresh people. All Give me your my, energy. my entire family's hardcore introverts, so I started explaining it like that, where it's like, I need people to feed on, <laughs> and it's like, y'all don't count. Because I've been in close contact with you for 30 hours. Mm -hmm. So if I go somewhere else for a while, <laughs> you can see some other people, I'll come again. back and then you count again. <laughs> like, <laughs> but you don't count right now. I can see that, yeah. <laughs> I need fresh blood. <laughs> so I don't know. I just, that night was so much fun. And after I saw the movie, I was like, it's not a restaurant, but that's my, yeah. if it counts, it's that. That's really good. That's how this movie makes me feel. Mm-hmm. I actually um, have one. Do it. Ahead of time. Oh, my gosh. He put uh, thought that's why it. we waited a couple of days to record, because I wanted to give Jeremiah <laughs> plenty of time. <laughs> the past two or three podcasts, I'm, like, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know, man. I can't, I can't do this rating anymore. No, this one, I actually have a, what, not the last time I went to Longhorns, but like the time before Longhorn. Is it? Is no it really? Less. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Longhorn. It's referring to the pair, uh, which isn't plural. I mean, but the steakhouse isn't Longhorns. It's Longhorn. I mean, <laughs> the Longhorn Steakhouse place, which may or may not be Longhorns or Longhorn. It's definitely uh, Longhorn. To be verified at a future date. <laughs> um, the, uh, no, a couple times back I went there, and then I, was, I was like, I don't know what I want to eat. I'm I'm really just getting fed up. With this town. <laughs> uh, I feel like there's nothing that I want to eat here anymore. And like even going to see this movie, we stopped by Chipotle. I was like, Chipotle. Yes. Like, because it was just something different. Like, Moses is better. I mean, sure. But it's, it's as long as it's something <laughs> not from this town like even even like grocery store stuff like yeah. i've started trying to branch out and like get chili and then make chili at home and now i'm sick of chili uh <laughs> and it's like everything have you have you everything tried? i can get i'm just so sick of it being for like from this town i feel like i've had it all and i don't want any of it and I, what well actually what i really want is Jimmy John's mm -hmm. and Jimmy and I, John's is gone. I denied that, and that's my that's my <laughs> that's like the that and Chick Fil A. I feel like I could flip flop and eat mm -hmm. one or one or both of those uh, for eternity. But now that one of them's gone, I can't eat Chick Fil A every day. Uh, even though I have done that for a three month your, period, and your I loved it. Restaurants are out of balance. <laughs> you had. You had Chick Fil A and Jimmy John's, and now the scale has tipped. Yeah, and now much. everything left of this town, I feel like I've had a million times, and I don't want it anymore, and I'm sick and tired of it. Uh, so we were at Longhorn and or Longhorns, uh, and I I was like, I don't want anything. Like I don't want nothing here. And I uh, <laughs> I looked at like the little like the kid menu, and I was like, mm, chicken tenders. And I like looked at the waitress and I went, uh, they have like an adult chicken tenders too. Mm -hmm. But like, who's going to get chicken tenders at a steak place? Come on. But I went, I want a Coke. 
want chicken tenders. I want macaroni and cheese. <laughs> she looked at me like, okay. And then I'm, I'm with my parents, and my dad can't help himself. And he goes, you're eating like a five-year-old. And I went, I am. And then I promise you that food came out. It was the best tasting food. <laughs> I've ever had, and I was like, I'm eating, like, I'm like, look, Dad, I'm eating like a five-year-old, and I'm like dunking the stuff in like an idiot. It was great. Uh, I never, like, I I don't have soda with food, and I had a Coke, and I had chicken tenders, chicken fingers, and, and macaroni and cheese was my side. Uh, so, yeah, I ate like a five-year-old. But whatever it was uh, about me being in the right mood, that normally that's not a meal I would get and enjoy it. And I would like, I'd be like, I'm not a five-year-old. I'm not eating that. But when I'm in the mood for it, it's delicious. And it, and it hit the spot. So. And that's what this movie did. This movie is the meal of an adolescent, but prepared for an adult. Uh, yeah. And especially if that's what you're in the mood for, <laughs> it's going to, it's going to 10 out of 10 hit that spot. <laughs> I, that's chicken I tenders. I don't like when people have an attitude about chicken tenders. Because good <laughs> chicken tenders, I know people associate it with it also, like It also depends on food, where you go. Like, if you go to Zaxby's, it's an adult meal. But, like, yeah. if you go to a steak place, it's a kid's meal. But at the same time. Or, like, a bar, even like a barbecue yeah. place, it's a kid's meal. I mean, it's no, like going to a Mexican restaurant and getting a cheeseburger. It's like, a, that's not why yeah. you're here. I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah. I get cheeseburgers at Mexican restaurants all the time. Randy just personally attacked me. <laughs> no. I'm saying it's like that because it's like, it's like we also have this thing. Robbie, come but back. It's not no, our, finish the podcast, Robbie. Come back. Robbie! He came back. He came I'm back. <laughs> um. Okay, but when you get it at the Mexican restaurant... <laughs> You can dip it in cheese dip. You cut it into four, that is, and you just dunk a burger in cheese true. dip. And I'm gonna get type two diabetes, but it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. See and where the, I come and from. Cover any um, entree in cheese dip for a dollar. Where I'm from, where they have real Mexican food. I know they don't we have, have fake Mexican food, but it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I love fake. So Mexican when you food. get a cheeseburger there, you just enjoy it as a cheeseburger. And I'm not gonna lie, they're usually pretty good. I think that's the thing is people need to stop knocking restaurants that can do more than one like people that know the secrets of a menu and people like you get that there and it's like hey yeah (laughs) don't judge until you see it because like i don't know chicken tenders gas station chicken tenders not every gas station what gas station but i mean most gas stations oh you mean like you mean like uh yeah i know what you mean like the one right here yeah yeah if you get some chicks or some Chester's chicks, chicken, yeah, holy crap, they're pretty good. But then every one of those gas stations, if you get a burger, it's garbage. Yeah, I'm always afraid to get like a gas station burger. Gas will put station you in the hospital. food, but gas station chicken, if you were in the Bible Belt, will be good. He's, he's the Lord's chicken. But uh, <laughs> I think of like I've never had chicken at Longhorn, but specific restaurants in that vein, like Huck's. Their chicken is incredible. Mm-hmm. Little Dewey, incredible chicken. Yeah, and you can take their barbecue sauce at the table and just go. I'm sure that'd be that great. Chicken. I don't like barbecue sauce, but if I did, I'm sure. Oh, that's like the only thing I like about barbecue. Like, I don't like barbecue. I don't like going to barbecue places because of. I like 
barbecue, but I love barbecue sauce. I'm total opposite. I could eat pulled pork and ribs all day, but it has to be like dry rubbed and not barbecue sauce. Yeah, that's a, that's opposite. That's so weird. But then the Friendship House, the catfish place that's in the middle of nowhere, uh, their chicken is the best. Japers Arts the other day had did she that lady did like you a eat at fancy whole, restaurants <laughs> a whole half a chicken and it was it I've was never delicious. eaten there delicious. The other day when I was at Japers Arts, as you do, I mean, it was like two weeks ago. <laughs> I'm just so sick of it. I just. <laughs> can't stand all these fanciest <laughs> restaurants <laughs> nearby. I've eaten at Jay Bazaar's once. I've never even been It wasn't in. that great. It was very expensive for something that was not that great. I've heard it's not as impressive as they think it is. <laughs> yeah. I think I Everyone think the knows. lady that the lady that normally does the cooking is a very very good cook. It just feels to me like a bunch of rich people have agreed that this is the place where they will go to eat. And because they have agreed to go there, it is now the fanciest place. But the food doesn't match the actual. That's what I've always felt about it. It it seriously was that. And then uh, I think this is a new lady who does it now isn't the lady who used to years ago. She just took over. It's been two, three, four years maybe. She just took over. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> and I think it's been a long I time. It's like half been in the a, works for a while. Half but a the, decade ago, the revolution she is just complete. took over. But I think I think it's like their daughter or something. Uh, and so she does like all of the cooking now. But I mean, ever ever used to long time ago. I didn't like it, but now that she's doing it, I don't know that I've had any food there that I'm like, eh, not good. I'm just sure Hux is better, and it's right there. It probably really is quicker, and it probably is cheaper. It's got to be. I'm saying better. I mean, I, I mean, I like Hux. They are the only place that I've ever been to and ordered a medium rare steak that they burnt. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, figure, I feel like they really don't know what medium rare is. <laughs> and then at Old Hickory, it's kind of the other problem. It's like uh, if any, if you're dumb enough to order. Anything above medium rare, you're probably gonna get a medium rare. Because <laughs> um. the guy, the guy cooking it, it's just like I'm not gonna murder that. Yeah. <laughs> On a scale of one to Cheesecake Factory, I'm going to. Um, I was just gonna say I think I'm gonna piggyback off of what you said, Robbie. Um, yeah, I have a similar. I think of when I think of licorice pizza. So no chicken tender. No chicken tenders. Um, <laughs> There was, uh, and actually this person uh, is a friend of mine who I think has listened to a couple episodes of the podcast, so Ooh. they may actually hear this. So, um, but do we've I talked know about, this we've friend? Talked, no, you do not. Darn. Um, uh, we've talked about a lot of this stuff, so maybe if they hear this, they'll want to talk more about it, which would be cool. Um, anyways, there was, it was a good friend of mine. Um, we, uh, I mean, one of my best friends growing up, we knew each other since kindergarten, and um had been pretty close that entire time. And then he moved away, but it was only about 45 minutes away. But when you're kids, that's a long ways away. Um, but our parents did a really good job of like keeping us connected. So they would drive us, take turns driving back and forth and stuff just so that we could stay friends. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was pretty Go cool. Parents. Yeah. Right. So anyways, when we got into high school, <laughs> I didn't get my license until I was 17, late 17 for a lot of reasons. But, um, 
uh, he got his license thing was like day one, like 16. Boom. Um, so then it turned into like my parents would drive halfway and mm-hmm. then he would come meet us or like whatever and then take me the rest of the way. And so, but we would, we were into all like a lot of the same things. And, and then one summer, uh, I want to say it was the summer of our sophomore year in high school. Um, so we didn't quite have our license yet. Uh, he might have had his permit, but we spent what felt like almost every day together that summer. I was either at his house for like weeks or he was at my house for weeks. Uh, our church did a rafting trip for like the high school um, and that was like a week long. So we did that together. He was like Cal um, Jacobs and his friend. It was like what? Like Cal Jacobs and his friend. Oh, except, yeah, well, not quite like that, but uh, sure. Um, so then, uh, and we uh, we went to, he his church did like a, a week long camp. And so then we went to that as well. And so we, we did like, basically we're like, this is what a summer in my life looks like. And this is what a summer in your life looks like. And let's do all of that together. And I'm going to probably combine this summer and the following summer a little bit because we we like they sort of blend together in my mind it felt like that summer lasted forever and when you watch movies and you see like and they talk about like summer days and just that like magical period of time like if there's any part of my life where I would like make a a coming of age story based on that it would be that that or those two summers it was like the pinnacle of like our friendship of when we were like the closest. And it was like after that summer when we started to start, our path started to diverge a little. So I don't know, like just this movie felt very much like just everything was just the moment. Like they never knew what was going to happen next, but they just embraced it. And I mean, even in his like how much of an entrepreneur he is and just like, well, this is the thing that I'm going to do and we're going to do it big. That's just like what everything was at that time. That's when we, I mean, we had, I don't know, a crush on multiple girls that summer. And it was like, every one of them was going to be like the one. And then it wasn't. And then whatever, you know, <clears throat> but it was never about that. It was never, none of those like ever really became anything. Um, but it was just like a, a big summer for our friendship. And so, yeah, Licorice Pizza is just very, I don't know. It captures that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, that was beautiful. <laughs> I, I was also the summer that I hitchhiked for the first time. Ooh. Um, no, Sketchy. I lied. I lied. Take it was the summer back. later because I did have my license, <laughs> and um, my car broke down, and so I hitchhiked with somebody. Nice. Everyone like got on to me about it, but I was like, it was a nice lady in a jeep. And she was really nice. You can trust someone in a jeep. I, I don't know so. if that's true. I don't know if that's true, but I mean, until they show in this you, situation, until they show you the knife, I think one of the three, one of the three good things that have come out of Meridian, Mississippi, drives a jeep. So, uh, my dad had used to. Well, drive I was going to say your dad, or <laughs> my dad has had two jeeps, and then Tanner has a jeep. I don't know what Haley Williams drives. I was, was going to ask you. I wish I'd be a safe guest. She probably drives a Jeep. That was me and... Or uh, is driven around in a Jeep. When... (laughs) At least once before. When we were in Nashville to watch this movie, me and Matthew Wiggins, who went on the trip with me, uh, we were in East Nashville, and I was just like, think about how many musicians we're fans of that were, like, near their houses. Uh. (laughs) Like, it's like 
every member of Paramore is probably within three miles of us right now. (laughs) Quick, look for a Jeep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Randy, I was going to say, anytime you mention a friend of yours, I want to meet this friend because I want to meet all your friends. They've never let me down. Well, that's cool. Except for when you said Jesse's a Calvinist. Oh, no. (laughs) You need to meet Jesse. You need to meet Jesse. He's the best person. Oh, you hate Calvinists. (laughs) That's a different podcast. (laughs) But all the Kevin and Shannon and I guess that's all I've met. But they were both cool. And the guy on Instagram who has the good photos. I haven't met him, but I like his photos. Oh, Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, We've commented back and forth because he took a photo that looks just like a photo I took. Nice. And I like sent it to him, and he was like, "That does look like the same photo." When we talked about had, like you accused him. Hey, no, you're still- <laughs> no, 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 no. But I would never. We his was on a wider lens and in color. Mine was on black, in black and white. But it's a sign at the Griffith Griffith Griffith. However you say it, the Observatory. Yeah, La La Land. Griffith Observatory. Griffith Observatory. Griffith Observatory. Griff like Griff Griffin. Griffith, Griffith. <laughs> so I was at Griffith. Strizan. So I was at Griffith the other day. Strizan. I hated that thing. Not. I mean, it was funny, <laughs> but hell, they're literally saying the same thing, and he's like, "No, you're not." You're, you're like, "What? It's you're wrong. Big, you're bad at That's this. That's wrong. You're bad." Strizan. 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 No. 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 Strizan. No. <laughs> Strizan. No. no. <laughs> that observatory. It's a sign that says two telescope uh-huh. in points. And you can, it, I mean, you're just looking at downtown LA over that sign because it's pointed kind of southeast. Yeah. And there's only one um, telescope. I actually didn't see the telescope. I just, <laughs> just the sign. <laughs> it just was outside. It's a cool sign that looks like it's been there the whole time. It's like very old school looking. And just the way it points. The city is behind it, like the big buildings of the city. Mm-hmm. And his is more of a clear day in color. Mine, it was pretty, like, smoggy. It wasn't, like, really crowd, cloudy or rainy, but the buildings were pretty, like, n- not super visible. Mm-hmm. But you can see you can see that they're there. They're just not clear, and it's cool. But, yeah, I saw that photo, and I was like, I took a photo like this. And he was like, oh, cool. And I sent it to him, and he was like, that's great. And I was like, yours is great, too. Nice. <laughs> and he was like, I, yeah, like he was like, I feel like everyone with a camera that stands there takes a picture. <laughs> like, it can't not be photographed. Yeah. Scenes. <laughs> I just want to talk about this movie. Streisand. Um, Streisand. No, funny story. That, that person, my friend that I was just talking about, um, we, like, sort of grew apart for a while and didn't talk to each other for a few years and then only recently just started talking again and um, uh, have had some pretty good conversations. So. That's heavy. Yeah. I like it. I know. So if he hears this, hey, man, it's been fun. I um, like it I've when enjoyed, you get personal and Enjoyed heavy. reconnecting with you. So um, I can't wait to connect with you the first time. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You, you, had me, um, uh, you had me giggling he, he at the lives, beginning because I was thinking my parents were like, your friend moved two minutes away. You're never going to see them. <laughs> <laughs> they you live need in. To, you, need to just, you need to just accept it. They moved out of town. So they live so in far. East Columbus now? It's so oh far, gosh. Jeremiah. Say goodbye to that friendship. You'll, you'll probably never see him again. That's all I'm saying. 
That's hilarious. How long was Brian at Tarzana Bob's? <laughs> so long. Pro- they were probably broken up before <laughs> before he, he left, left Tarzana, Tarzana yeah. Bob's. <laughs> I'm calling that. Yeah. I once again, I'm completely <laughs> pro. Uh, I don't Gary and Alana in rooting for them, but Brian as a human, I love Brian. I don't think that he stayed at Tarzana Bob's. I think he went home. But he went back every night after that. <laughs> yeah, he think, was like, maybe she meant the next <laughs> night. I don't know. Do you think she kept volunteering for Joe Wax? I do not. <laughs> oh, okay. Fun thing. Uh, the second time I got to see this was at Sidewalk in Birmingham. Anyone listening to this, if you are ever in Birmingham, go see a movie at Sidewalk. It might be my favorite theater I've been to. We almost had to go there to see Lamb. You should have. And then A24 was like... We got you. Sidewalk Cinema in Birmingham, Alabama is incredible. It's tiny, but it's good tiny because the projectors actually look good and the sound is actually good. And you're like right on top of the screen, but in a good way. (laughs) The theaters are twice the size of the room we're sitting in currently. And the screen is the size of that wall. It's incredible. (laughs) You just feel like right there, but also the way the seats are done you're not having to like look around people either. It's mm-hmm. just perfectly set up, in my opinion. One day you're gonna go and you're gonna be like, "This sucks." No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I like it. Um, but seeing <laughs> well, the same with the burger place. Like Robbie told us, this was good. <laughs> I did like the burger place though. <laughs> Jeremiah's with me. The fries are good. <laughs> I never said the fries weren't good. Wiggy's also with me. The fries are great. I thought the fries were were just fine, yeah. Um, they're better than that. <laughs> they're better than that, right? We don't want you to have enjoyed the fries. We want you to love the fries. I see. Um well, I meant to I meant to stop back there again when I picked up my car the other week, but you wanted me back here to record. <laughs> I actually No, that I mean that's why I didn't. But that's I mean, funny. No big deal. There uh I, didn't I found know I was out depriving you, I'm sorry. I found out they're a chain. And there's one in Nashville, too. So me and Wiggy went there while we were in Nashville. And he was, like, crying. That's how my brother knew what it was when I posted a picture of it. I posted a picture of the family of the fried Oreos. And my brother, who lives in Nashville, was like, "Yeah, Jack Browns? And I was like, how do you? Because it's amazing. Okay. Yeah, if there's one there, that makes sense. We were actually going to go to a pizza place that was, like, hidden in this little shopping center that used to be, like. Like, underneath. You walked in. Mm -mm. (laughs) No. <laughs> it's one of those Nashville-y Can you play check? Could you, <laughs> that, uh, Can we just open up a pizza place down there and call play, it Secret Pizza? Where you play yes. checkers. And you have to play checkers before you order. No, we have like Secret we pizza. have games that last four plus hours. That's all we have. Secret Pizza. <laughs> Somebody has to win Twilight Imperium before you're allowed to before your party's allowed to order. Secret Pizza, the pizza speakeasy. There you go. Underground. Can we call it Pizza Easy? P- yes. Pizza P- Easy. P- the Pizza Easy. <laughs> Easy Peasy. <laughs> Easy Pizza. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. I just, wanted, I just wanted Chipotle. I just want Chipotle. Uh, <laughs> let's, just, let's forget these plans. And bring, bring Chipotle and br- and please, in the old Jimmy John's. And please, God, bring back Jimmy John's. If you <laughs> love us. Oh, one of those split restaurants where it's like a KFC and it's Taco Bell. Say, oh, my gosh. <laughs> That'd be such a weird combo. It's a Chipotle and Jimmy John's. So, uh, that would blow my mind. I would have a hard time going there. Yeah. I wouldn't know what to get. 
There's a there's a third lane and it's the indecision lane and you just stand there while you're choosing after you log in. You're like, I like, want it's normal. I want a turkey club with pico. pico. <laughs> and they're like, you can't mix restaurants and black beans. And like, <laughs> the side of rice in a cookie at sidewalk. Second time I got to see this movie, the scene with Joe and his boyfriend Matthew, which is just incredible. Mm-hmm. You could see Benny Safdie's contacts because he wears glasses, and so he's wearing contacts. But we were so close to this giant screen that I could see his contacts. Oh dang! Around his irises. Ooh, I loved it. <laughs> if I could see I those, love- if I could see those in real life, it'd probably bother me. That scene is so good. The just watching her figure out what's happening in the mirror. <laughs> That's a real guy, too, who was running for mayor and who was in the closet. Mm. Literally, almost everything that it's like, what about that thing? In the movie, it's like, yep, that happened. Oh, yeah. a- after we watched it, I was trying to figure out why pinball was illegal. It was like some gambling thing. Yeah, they said gambled. it wasn't skill-based, and so it was taking kids' quarters and nickels. Also, arcades are just <laughs> child casinos. Yeah, but the winnings aren't even paid in monetary value. They're garbage toys. Well, that's why tickets. it's fine. <laughs> yeah, they're like, it's not gambling. You only win toys. Who would want that? And kids are like, yeah. This is great. Mama, give me money. I do love arcades, though. I, we should get a Dave and I Buster's. Did. Yeah. David Buster's is all right. There was one in North Carolina the last time I went. It was, I can't remember the name of it, but it was also like David a Busters? go-kart. No, some, it <laughs> was, an it adult was arcade. way bigger and it had like a all day pass for like 40 bucks and you just got a card and you can play any game as many times as you wanted. That's awesome. You could stay there for like 12 hours and, and with the card, you could also do like go-karts. That was like half outside, okay, half inside track. You're gonna have to, and there was a movie theater. You're gonna have to do some research and tell me what this establishment is called because I'm gonna make a trip specifically just to go to. I bet you it's not there anymore. (laughs) Uh, My life is ruined. (laughs) Yeah, well, mine too. But yeah, (laughs) I like Dave and Buster's. I love I love video game arcades. Just how stupid loud they are and. Diamond, come on down to Diamond Gems. It was win yourself uh, a Nintendo sixty four. It was stinky and nasty, and my older brother would take us on the weekends, and we'd eat. There was a corn dog place in the mall, Corn Dog Seven. <laughs> oh, I've heard about Corn Dog Seven. Oh, it's so good from my mother. <laughs> Wait, you like whoa, 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 whoa? You like corn dogs, but you yeah. don't like hot dogs. My, that might be why I hate them because <laughs> I had too many corn dogs. <laughs> but yeah, I don't really care for uh, for hot dogs. Corn dogs. Slap. Corn dogs are way better. There's just the one of them just has breading Look, on it, and the I other mean, one is in bread. I get the difference. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Corn dogs but are the way is better. The same. Uh, I mean, yeah. But, it does uh, a thing. Also, at Corn Dog Seven, you could uh, instead of getting a hot dog, you could get the che- just a cheese gloop in the middle. Yeah. And then it was. Uh, I'll take some of that cheese gloop. Uh, that that was that was the. <laughs> if you had the extra money, that was the that was what you got. Um, <laughs> you back in cheese dog. back in my day, 
which is a more recent day. <laughs> uh, the uh, the cool kid hang in Lee Mall was jumping G's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the stuff. Jumping G's. I can't. Just a bunch of inflatables. Post-pandemic, it's like, how in the world was that a thing? It was a bunch of kids just going at it in jumpers. And, sp- and like, like, spitting on each other. There was so much spit and snot and just all over that stuff. Like, ugh. You could pay. I don't even like, get how ball pits were a thing. Like they're just nasty. You could pay like a dollar, and you would just get endless Coke products. <laughs> and I remember one time when I was younger, soda was like a delicacy. I was like, <laughs> it was like an occasional thing, you know. It's yeah. like, oh, I got soda. It almost seemed like morally wrong. Like it was treated like, <laughs> like like liquor or something. Yeah, like he it was did like that this at, is special. In, uh, in uh, liquor's pizza, he was like uh, yeah. pinball and as much Pepsi as you can drink. And yeah. I was like, Ooh, okay, Pepsi. <laughs> That's so many things. When, I love Danielle's character, uh, the sister that like actually wants her to be with Gary. Yeah, uh, I just love. The first time I saw the movie, I was like, I feel like Etsy got a Esty got a lot more screen time than Danielle. And then watching it after, I was like, oh, Danielle's way more important. <laughs> like, um, and I think it's about equal. But uh, when she's on the phone, she's like, but they have free Pepsi. <laughs> like, <laughs> and just the way she says that. <laughs> they have Pepsi. free Pepsi. Well, um, okay, I'm coming. But one time I drank three because you you work up a mean thirst uh running inflatable like bouncy castle obstacle courses (laughs) like that'll that'll dehydrate it's cardio it'll dehydrate you and so i drank three cans of sprite you like hit the bar you're like i'm working up a mean thirst my man it was a bar it was like a tiki bar it was incredible He's yeah, like, what can I get for you? Half Sierra Mist, half uh, Orange Crush. I call it a suicide. That sounds amazing. <laughs> it's a citrus bomb. <laughs> I used to have an addiction to orange soda, by the way. Um, it's, I've been freed from it, so we're good. <laughs> freed from it. Um, In the name of Jesus. I don't get. I don't get why. Fr- I don't get why fruit sodas don't have caffeine. They act like they can't. Well, I don't like. I say I don't like caffeine. I'm straight edge, so I don't caffeine. Oh, I worked at <laughs> I worked at Starbucks for four years. You I'll caffeine. never get over this. Yeah. yeah, but that's why I I don't like Coke. Uh, I'll drink Mountain Dew. I don't really drink soda anymore, but I used to like Mountain, Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew's got way more caffeine than Coke. No, I know, but I would drink Mountain Dew, but I didn't like how caffeine made me feel. Mm. Um, I don't think I'd be good on drugs. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, if Mountain Dew is any indication, <laughs> I have I way do, too much anxiety I do not like this. to do drugs. I don't like what my body is feeling. Um, what are you on? I had half a Mountain Dew. <laughs> One time I had like a third of a monster. It was it was scary. Um, but this is, I was probably nine, maybe 10. And I had three Sprites, like full cans of Sprite. And then like a ton of pretzels and multiple <laughs> bags of Doritos. And when my mom picked me and my cousin up, 
I was like confessing to her what I had done. And she was like, okay, I, you were probably thirsty. You were like running and jumping around for 90 minutes. And I was like, but I it's okay. Soda. I had three sodas. And she was like, yes, <laughs> it's fine. Just this one time I'll let you get away with it. Which I'm, I'm primarily a water drinker now, but I drink a lot of water. So I realize now, like, ounce-wise, how little three cans really is. There's something about plain water. Like, my body doesn't handle it right. Water's the best. If I, dr- I feel like if I drink water, I get, like, acid. Uh, I don't know what the deal That's is. backwards. I, I, I know. But if I have, like, fizzy water, like, like just like a spin drift or something like that, fine. But if I drink plain flat water, I know what the problem is. Your esophagus is plugged in backwards. <laughs> uh, it could be. Um, it's just installed upside down. It got put in the wrong way. <laughs> we'll have to. Uh, we can talk to the designer. Yeah, and the, the manufacturer. Um, am I still under warranty? You think? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Um, uh, if only we lived in a country that had good health care. Oh. Man. oh. Quick, 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 final thoughts. Quick final thoughts. Quick final. Are you trying to get us out of here? <laughs> I have so many every thoughts. Time Here's, we, what we'll every Here's what we'll do. Every time we quick talk with Robbie, thoughts. we go really Quick final long. thoughts. I yes. will close out the podcast and leave it rolling if you guys want to keep talking. No. <laughs> um, but uh I you know I can't leave places. I have to <laughs> I have to Don't get me wrong. I have enjoyed this. You have to make me stop. But I think we we're ready. we're at that point. I mean, now. Yeah, we're, we're, we're now probably the, good. I gotcha. So we're uh I mean he'll cut the we're three and a half. You know, hours. our, are our you listeners serious? are our <laughs> listeners are generous, but you know, we're we're testing their patience. <laughs> it's three and a half. Three yes. three hours thirty three minutes twenty seconds. Yeah, I've enjoyed this. Yeah, anytime we <laughs> every time we hours, talk with so. Robbie, we talk a long time, which is fine. Yeah, I've enjoyed being on your podcast today. Robbie. It's been really great. So. I don't mean that as a joke. Yeah. I mean, I I do mean it as a joke. I don't mean it mean spiritedly. Yeah, you knew this was gonna happen. I love. We were talking about what episodes I might be on. Don't uh-huh. call don't call it licorice pizza. To call it Robbie's podcast. Yeah. Um like just talking about what movies that y'all might have me on for. And I said, you named a few, but you didn't say licorice pizza. And I said, licorice pizza. And you were like, oh yeah, that would be like a slide against you as a person. <laughs> if, we, like, if we did it without. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought you just assumed that. Yeah. I watched every PTA movie in preparation. For this. I drove, I drove 1200 miles. And it's all part of my plan to get back at you for not inviting me to eighth grade. So. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, no, the ultimate revenge would be he. Now he hits record, stop, and erase. And oh, he points oh, at you no. and he laughs. <laughs> I just feel sick now. That and, then, and then he's and then he goes. I'm going home and watching eighth grade. <laughs> eighth grade is quite good. That'll it, be the ultimate revenge. The uh, last. Thoughts, closing thoughts. The title, <laughs> Licorice Pizza. If you're still curious. Oh, spoiler alert. Full on spoiler alert coming up. The title, I guessed correctly too. The working title, 
I've been following the production of this since it was in pre-production. <laughs> like when it was like, oh, he's got a new script. I was like, <gasps> I'm like following everything about it. The original title was Soggy Bottom. And I feel like the joke in the movie about why he can't call the mattresses Soggy Bottom is something that actually happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> obviously after they filmed it, but someone was like, you know, you can't call it that, right? <laughs> but Licorice Pizza was a record store chain in Southern California in the late 60s through the 70s. Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which was a big like influence on Licorice Pizza, actually has a licorice pizza in it. I still haven't seen that movie, but I know that there's an actual licorice pizza record store involved. That It comes from an Abbott and Costello bit about they can't sell their albums, so they should put cornstarch on the bottom and call it licorice pizza. It's funny. <laughs> uh, like LPs for sale, and it's like the bluish black Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I get why it would be look yeah. like it, but LP LP stands for long play. It's so. funny too, yeah. Yeah. So that record store was called that because of that. And then the movie was called Licorice Pizza because it was of the time and era. Um but along when they announced it was called Licorice Pizza, I was like, I highly doubt there will be a licorice pizza in the movie. <laughs> I feel like it's just it's kinda like Boogie Nights, where it's like that's the name of a song and the title card is a marquee. And it's not the club that we <laughs> go in. It's uh-huh. like Boogie Nights. And we're going to go across the street. <laughs> and we're never going to say that again. <laughs> or Phantom Threat. Or There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Inherent Vice and The Master are the only ones that are really like, oh, they say the name. They don't say The Master. Oh, they kind of do. I mean, they call him yeah. The Master. So it's I mean, yeah. The Master has the most, like, that's an obvious title, but a good title. Then Inherent Vice is a book. And it. That's why it's called that, and it's said in the movie. But everything that he names, like Sydney, Magnolia, Boogie Nights, Punch Drunk Love, There Will Be Blood, Phantom Thread, Phantom Thread, it's all like it fits. It's not like bad titles for the movies, but they don't really matter. Yeah, because they thematically fit. Like they don't seem like wrong, but there's not like a reason they're called that. It's just what else would you call them? <laughs> <laughs> I say that magnolia i hope there's some really weird reason i've joked i think he just walked past a tree and saw a magnolia flower he was like stoned out of his mind and he was like each petal is one of the characters (laughs) (laughs) and they come into one they all go together (laughs) all right well thank you all for listening (laughs) thank you thank you so much please come back (laughs) 